Hello and welcome to MindQuest. I am your host, Miguel Morales, and this is Mission Control Center. Hello and welcome one more week to Mission Control Center, your one-stop shop for IT careers from recruitment advice. This week we chat with Vasilika Klimova, senior front-end developer at Avalok and founder of SkillUp School. Vasilika will tell us why soft skills and not over-engineering are key to advancing as a front-end developer. Make sure to visit mindquest.io slash blog for our newly published resources for IT pros. There you will find all sorts of handy resources, like an article discussing tips for getting a remote job in IT. But without further delay... Let's welcome Vasilika. Hi, Vasilika. Thank you so much for being here today with us. Tell us a bit more about you. Why did you decide to go into web development in the first place? What's your career story? Actually, I didn't decide to go uh, firstly <laughs> to web development at all because um, I I was playing computer games like uh, when I was three years old. I had a computer already. And uh, firstly, my idea was to become a um, game developer and i studied c++ at university and with c++ actually uh you can go to this industry 3d opengl uh, and all this stuff but in my city i'm from russia Tver, and um, in my city we didn't have um, any jobs for students uh, in this area so, yeah, and uh, I found uh, web development vacancies only on fourth uh, grade at university. I got first my job. It was web development. It's called as webmaster. And uh, I started everything from scratch at, at work. I worked several years in Tver, and then I, I decided to move to Moscow. I finished my uh, university, my study there. In, in Tver and moved to to Moscow. And in Moscow already I needed to decide what exactly I want to go to backend or front end because before I was full stack. It's when you do server code uh, on web of website like business logics, etc. All requests to the servers and that database stuff. And also user interface. It's what person see on website like buttons uh, how it looks like how it moves animation i did all the stuff and uh, in moscow there are like bigger companies and they usually decide uh, to have different teams teams of front end and teams of back end so at this point I, I needed to decide do i go as a php developer back end or as front end developer on javascript and i decided that because i like uh, I'm I'm vi- visual person. I mean that I need to see what I'm doing. And when you work with a server, uh, you usually look at the terminal and you see only codes and data and no, um, no not a lot of interfaces. And what came next? You now live in Luxembourg. Why the change? What are you up to these days? Firstly, when I moved here, I worked in Artex 3D company. It's a company which has offices in Moscow and in Luxembourg. That's why I'm I'm in Luxembourg, actually, because of my previous job. And there I was team lead, front-end developer, and we did some user interface and 3D tasks. Uh, but then after five years in the company, I decided to switch. I was interviewed in a company. They found me, actually, their charts, and uh, 
then I, I got this job in Avalok. Avalok, it's uh, banking software. It's quite common, I think, in, in Luxembourg to, to work in banking industry. Avalok is a much bigger company than your previous one and banking quite regulated industry. Did you notice any differences as a front-end dev? <laughs> yes, because our tech, it was like about 200 people company and Avalok is 2,500 people. Our tech is three, now four offices in the world and Avalok about 30, something like this, 20 something, about 30 offices in the world. So it's quite big for me, this company. And that's why some processes, they work not so fast. So in our tech, if I need to ask someone in the company, I just come to him or to her and ask directly the question. In Avalog, because uh, I'm working in Luxembourg offices, quite small office, we have about I don't know, 15, 20 people in the office. Uh, and uh, main office in Switzerland and Zurich, they have like 800 people there. And uh, if you need to find some information about something, there are a lot of different teams. And you need to to really to investigate. Sometimes it's it goes that you just found a project uh, by code. Like I, I know that I need to find some people who did this code, right? And uh, in development we have commits. Like you you commit the code and you have these com- different commits and you see who committed the code. And sometimes it's the only way to investigate. Uh, this um, who 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 did it and to uh, to ask some questions about the project just from author of of this commit who wrote the code. So you can imagine that we sometimes cannot find it by manage from management level. We we're trying to find who wrote the code by commits because it's a very big company and managers they are changing a lot and you just don't know sometimes who to ask about. And besides your day job, you also work on some web projects, uh, do consulting and give private lessons for adults and children. You're also the founder of SkillUp School, a school that teaches technical skills and how to grow as a front-end developer. Tell us a bit more. I started to be a teacher and mentor of front-end development since 2015, but I was a teacher in, uh, in schools in Russia and mentor in different schools, online schools usually, and sometimes offline schools. And when I moved to Luxembourg, I firstly, of course, I needed time to adopt here, to understand how it works here, all this administration stuff. And I stopped to be a mentor in Russian schools, even online. And then when I already uh, was here, like, I think three years or something, I decided that, okay, I have time for something else, for new projects, and I decided, why not? Because in Luxembourg, I don't see too many schools, and what I'm giving to to people, to my students, is absolutely a modern way of seeing uh, this uh, front-end um, uh, technologies, because I'm using it each day. And since 2019, I have this school and we don't have too many students but our main idea is to to be very flexible for for students because um, people usually who who wants to to change their job they usually have already a job 
and they don't have actually so much time to invest in in their development so that's why and me also i i have my main job and uh, i have only free time and evenings and uh, weekends so that's why school works like this we have uh, like one or two only stream streams per year with uh, not big groups and very very flexible it helps me to have individual approach with each student and we becomes like friends actually uh, some kind of friends with my students because i after all my courses i help them to to grow up also and if they have questions of course i always answer in your experience what makes a good versus a great web developer I started to think about this question actually when I started to be a team leader. Good developers, they can think from, from their technical perspective. They think that, okay, we need to write very good code with tests, with everything, etc., etc. But great developers, he thinks about technical part that everything should work like coke <laughs> but also he thinks from business perspective as well because the main idea of our job is to deliver something that makes our clients happy. So when you write only code from technical perspective and you don't go deep in business requirements, why why you have especially these business requirements? Maybe there are another way to make some features, some new functionality uh, easier and uh, not over-engineer a lot. So I think that's quite quite important thing to ask why we need this, why you want to do it like this, when we understand all reasons and we think that they are logical, okay, we are doing this in this way. So there are even this rule, I think, three times why you need to ask why, why. I know some very, like, almost genius developers but sometimes they over-engineer. Why? Because they want to make something ideal, something perfect. But business doesn't need it. They need, they need something now, especially for this and these purposes. And you always need to understand your time, because if development takes more time, then you can have some problems with it. It's more money, more developers' time. And as a senior front-end developer... What would you say to more junior specialists trying to grow and advance a career? What should they be focusing on? It's more how to behave, for example, soft skills, right? It's also quite important for developers if you want to be not only a coder, but want to be maybe someday team leader. It's quite important and important to work in team, these skills. How to negotiate with designers, because uh, front-end developers quite often they have... Uh, issues with designers <laughs> because we we do their design and and designers sometimes are not happy what's what's uh, what we created in the end yeah and we need to really need to have some psychology basic for for this <laughs> thank you vasilika best of luck with the skill up school and speak to you soon and now this is what happened in technology this week <laughs> One of the biggest web outages in history hit the world on Tuesday morning, leaving several major sites offline for almost an hour. The culprit appeared to be a configuration error at Fastly, an infrastructure behemoth handling around 10% of the world's web traffic. The impacted websites were all using the provider as a content delivery network, or CDN, 
a global network of local servers through which websites can delegate traffic, providing faster connection and greater stability. But if the network fails, well, you guessed it. Beyond unleashing a storm of tweets and internal comms heads-ups, the incident evidenced once again that internet infrastructure is veering towards a dangerous recentralization around cloud services. And speaking of cloud services, Global Market Insights released a new report which estimates that the European cloud market will cross a 100 billion valuation mark by 2028. Industry growth will be fueled by governmental support for broader cloud adoption and the renewed focus on business continuity brought about by the pandemic. The infrastructure as a service segment is expected to grow at a compound annual growth rate of about 15% in the coming years, as companies increasingly shift to the model for its flexibility and cost efficiency. 15% is to the projected growth rate for the Italian cloud market, which will see significant expansion thanks to SME cloud adoption and new investment by major global cloud providers. And finally, billionaire investors and ethics are not necessarily two concepts that one would put together. Yet emerging sustainability trends are bringing them ever closer. This week, a group of 50 global investors managing over $4.5 trillion in assets has called for companies developing AI-based facial recognition solutions to do so responsibly and in an ethical way. The call comes a month after Amazon announced the extension of its moratorium on the use of facial recognition by police organizations. It's also been a month since TikTok imposed facial filters on users which couldn't be turned off. And that's all for this week. Make sure to follow us on social media. We're on LinkedIn at MindQuest Talent and on Twitter at MindQuesting. Thank you for listening and until next time.